Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. Amen. How is everybody this morning? Can you hear me all right? All right. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for a house to worship in, Father. Father, we thank you for being able to come to you, Father, with everything that we need, Father. Father, I ask that you bless the ones that are here this morning. I ask that you bless the ones that couldn't make it, Father. Father, I ask that you heal the sick. Father, touch the wounded. And Father, I ask that you bless this offering that we're about to take up. Father, let it be used to continue your work, Father. And it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know. Amen. You may be seated. How is everybody this morning? Oh, come on. That ain't where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be divided and upset and hollering and getting mad. No? Huh? Yeah, stomping your feet. You're supposed to be mad. You're okay. I have never in my life watched the news, watched what's going on in this world, and felt a whole nation of people that want to be divided. I thought that that's the reason why we had gone through the struggles that we had gone through over the last hundred years, was to stop division was for everybody to be equal. And then God got to telling me, he said, boy, did you forget where you were? You are on the planet Earth. And you're looking for equality. You are looking for reasoning among the flesh. So I asked for a little guidance. And I know that I don't normally do this because I usually do a whole chapter. And I wasn't even going to preach on this. And then I had some people walk in. And, you know, this is how God works. I told you all I argue with God on sermons all the time. And sometimes we play uh, Bible verse roulette where we just throw the Bible open to see what God gives us. Five minutes before we got ready to do this, God changed my sermon. So let's go to Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to go down to about verse 26. Uh-huh. Bless you. God, don't everybody run off. It's here! It's here! Galatians 3, verse 26. And I didn't realize this when I was reading it. If this is for independents, if this is for Republicans, if this is for Democrats, if this is for lobbyists, if this is for, I don't even know all the words we're going to call ourselves nowadays, liberals or patriots or what. I couldn't find none of those words in my Bible. But here's something funny, too. I couldn't find the word Baptist when it came to describing a church. 
I couldn't find the word seven-day Adventist when I went to go find a church. I couldn't find the word Pentecost. I found the word Pentecost all over this thing. But I didn't see a group of people separated to themselves under the word Pentecost because that's not what God did when Jesus said, I will start my church here. Because when it comes to God, you ain't a liberal, you're not a Democrat, you're not a Republican. And we're going to go to the word right here just to kind of prove what I'm saying here. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have closed yourself with Christ. So that only goes for God's chosen people, right? Well, we ain't finished reading this yet, have we? What do you have to be in order to be one of God's chosen? says it right there. Faithful. And faith does, just because you have faith in something, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be perfect. My faith doesn't keep me safe. My faith doesn't keep me well. My faith doesn't keep me out of danger. My faith gives me the strength that I need to go through the tribulations that are coming in my life. So whenever I want to gripe or complain a little bit about what's going on in my life, everybody says, well, you're a man of faith. Yes, I am. I might be upset about what God's doing in my life right now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give up on him. We are a nation of people who like to give up. We didn't like the way our church was doing things, so we gave up on that church and went and started one that would tell us what we wanted to hear. Oops. Sorry. We didn't like what this what this part I almost said this Democratic Party. We all we didn't like what this party had to tell us according to how to live our lives, so we gave up on it and we went and started another one. That's not what God had in mind when he said, this is where I'll start my church. All you have to have is faith. Because God has a chosen people. And he tells about them right here. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Uh-oh, wait a minute. So there's no sexes? It says there's neither male nor female. So I'm wrong, I guess. Y'all go ahead and be whatever you want to. Call me it. I'm gonna choose my I'm gonna choose my pronoun. I can't find a good enough pronoun. I want something cool sounding. My boss told me the other day, he said, Y'all gotta listen to the bearded preacher. And I said, How dare you assume that this is identifying as a beard today? Don't be messing with my pronouns, man. You want to call me something? Call me a child of God. How about that? Because God doesn't care whether I'm male or female. God doesn't care whether I'm a Jew or a Gentile. God doesn't care whether I'm an Arab. God doesn't care where, what part of this world I come to because if I am part of one kingdom, I am part of His kingdom, then I am blessed by God, I am touched by God, I serve Christ, and that's all He wants to know. He doesn't care how I voted. Of course, that's what the Bible says. I, sometimes, I, sometimes I wish it didn't say that. I think it ought to say in here which way you ought to vote. <laughs> it would save me a lot of trouble. It would keep me out of a lot of trouble. 
<laughs> if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and oh, here comes the good part right here, and heirs according to the promise. And heirs according to the promise. But I'm a preacher, so I get more than y'all, right? But y'all got more money than me here, so I have more money than you up there, right? But it says that, uh, ooh, I can tell you what will happen. Some of us will have bigger jewels in our crowns than others. Y'all got lucky this morning. I had Revelation open in my Bible before God says, no, we're going to preach a happy sermon this morning. We're not going to get on everybody. But y'all come back tonight at 7 o'clock if you got the guts. Because <laughs> one way or another, Revelation is getting preached in this church today. So what do we have to do in order for me and John back there to be equal in the eyes of God? You know, there, there is a song out there right now, and if y'all hadn't heard it yet, I want y'all to go listen to it. It's called Truth Be Known. And one of the verses in that song says, the sign on the door says, come as you are, but I doubt it. That's what's wrong with the church today. If you don't look like me, act like me, sing like me, talk like me, live like me, vote like me, you're not going to go the same place I'm going to go. So you need to go over there to that church. That is not a church. It's a museum for old artifacts that used to be Christians. I want a hospital full of broken people that we can actually see some improvement. How many people have ever done a home renovation? And you walk in there, you hired a contractor, and you, and you but for six weeks you've been walking in your house and you hadn't seen anything change. Now, imagine that's your church. Imagine what, imagine being a pastor in a church, because I don't see how they do it. You walk in your church six weeks in a row, and it's the same faces, griping about the same things, still stagnant in their walk with Christ. Why would you want that? I want some people in my church having some breakthroughs. I want some stairs getting tore down and some new stairs being rebuilt. I want the ones going to the basement to start going to the upstairs. I want to fill the basement in and create a house of worship. I want to fix some cracks in the walls because God doesn't see those cracks. All this is, this is where people get all messed up. I want to know what God sees when He looks at me. He doesn't see you. It says in that book, He's no respecter of men. He sees Christ. Come on, guys. Is this where you really want to be? Do you want to be stuck in a dust-filled room with people who are interested in absolutely no change, absolutely no growth? Or do you want to be a hospital where people are getting healed around you every day and you can go administer life-giving word to the people around you? That is what a church is. Because Christ cared about what, whether or not there was pizza in that, right? I mean, well, but let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you, you, you want to know, you want to know why? See, everybody says, man, think about being able to feed that many people with that little food. But see, what happened was, you see what ha happened was? Christ got all this food, yes. But if that was the case, 
And that was the important part. Why did he have the disciples pick up the leftovers? And then he put the leftovers in the boat. And then the boat went across the sea. And a storm kicked up. I'm sorry, brother, you're in the splash zone. You sit there, you're going to get spit on. The, the, Jesus has crashed, man. I would be too after doing all that. I mean, you feed 5,000 people with a couple of fish and some bread, you, you're going to be tired. And you got to think, man, Jesus had to be wore out constantly with these people just did it all the time. Because I can tell you right now, man, being a pastor is pretty tiring. JR wasn't sick, guys. He just ran off road. No kidding. <laughs> I drove by JR's house. He was hollering, running out the front door, put me in that ambulance. Jesus had to be tired, so he lays down and takes a nap. And a storm comes up. And they panic. And they wake Jesus up, and Jesus says, Man, y'all have no faith. And he stops the storm. And I can only imagine, they're in the boat with the evidence of one of his greatest miracles. And they can't figure out that this guy's probably, if he's going to die anywhere, it's not in a boat going across the ocean. A little sea, well, not even, I mean, a big lake, really. But you understand what I'm saying? If we just fed 5,000 people with a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread, and we put all those baskets in the boat and took off across Texoma, and a storm kicked up. Do you really think God's going to kill you after something like that just happened? Come on, man. So why do you go through things in your life and you still doubt God? I'm carrying the evidence right here with me that God does miracles. Me and my wife have been married almost two years coming up this summer. Miracles. I am still alive and breathing. If he can find somebody in this world, to, I'm, I'm going to say she loves me, but tolerate me the way that she does. She asked me when we got married, she said, I guess we're going to live together full time now. I guess I'll wind up in all the sermons. And I said, yeah, pretty much. Being a pastor's wife is a lot like being a comedian's wife. You're going to wind up in material. That's <laughs> just all there is to it. But when it comes to God, I get frustrated when I'm around her. She can sit down and read a verse and six weeks later tell you when and where and how she read that verse, and I couldn't tell you what verse. I just, Galatians 3, 26 maybe. <laughs> that's, a, that's about the extent of my memory. And I used to worry about it. It used to make me feel bad that I couldn't memorize Scripture. And then God told me, you don't have, I never said memorize my scriptures. He said, I said, hide my heart, hide my word in your heart. And it seems like I always am able to come up with the right thing at the right time. And my wife always says, did you look that up? No, I just blurted it out. I, and that has gotten me in trouble several times. Because I'll get to talking about something and I'll get excited about it. And my wife will say, all right, Pastor. Oops. So now I tell her, all right, Pastor's wife, every time she calls me, this person's trying to run me off the road. But we are family. Amen. 
Some people are still alive simply because God said, I can't do it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there is a difference between a marriage and a relationship. I live in a marriage with my wife. We have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with God that is no different than y'all's relationship with God. If you put God first in everything that you do, especially your marriage, especially your family, especially your church family, come on, I mean, I care about what I wear to church. So do y'all. I can look out here and tell. I know, I know y'all, we have some people that will, I mean, absolutely show up here in their pajamas, and I don't care. It's it come as you are, really seriously come as you are. Yeah, bunny suit over here. I don't care what you wear to church. I care what you bring to church. I want you to bring your heart split wide open where God can get to it. If you come in here more worried about what, Les, don't get all messed up back there, man. I'm not, I'm not talking bad about your cholos and the chino. You keep wearing the chinos and the suspenders and stuff, bro. We're going to be good. You look good, brother. You look good. It's not about a fashion show. It's not about who knows more scripture. It's not about who goes out to dinner with this family. It's not about who sits in this row. It's not about what the church building looks like on the outside. It is about the coffee store we have out front, though, right? It's about the library where I can go, me and JR can go write books, and y'all pay twice probably what they're worth. And No, that's not it either. It is about how you feel when you leave here. And you're supposed to be all happy, joy, joy, the world is good, right? That's how those are sermons I'm supposed to preach, you know? I got this all messed up, man. I have a saying I told my wife a long time ago. I don't believe that I can offend you from this pulpit. I believe I can convict you from this pulpit. If you're getting mad about something that I'm saying, come to me and talk about it. Because I, I truly believe there's probably something that's making you feel that way. And if I say something that's not in this book, you come tell me. That's my job. My job is to tell you what this book means to me. My job is to walk like Christ tells me to walk. My job is to live my life with God first and to make you question whether or not you are. Because that's my job. Y'all are supposed to hold each other accountable. Guys, if y'all haven't been to a Tuesday night meeting, we went from having a Bible study to having an accountability meeting. I mean, you hold each other accountable for everything. Nothing leaves that room. Nothing goes anywhere else. But if you messed up Tuesday night through the next Tuesday night, tell us about it. We're going to help you get straightened out. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to find some scripture that fixes it. And you think the women are bad in this church, man. Get the men all gathered up. There ain't nothing we won't talk about. And I hate the fact that it's a men's group, and I hate the fact that it's a women's group. But you're not going to get men to talk about certain things around women. You're not going to get women to talk about certain things. And, and a lot of breakthroughs happen. I, want, I don't want it to be about a men's group or a women's group or a Bible study. I want it to be about God. And whatever we have to do for God to be first, that's where we need to be. So I don't care what name is on the building out front. I don't care 
what the what organization the pastor belongs to. I don't care. I care about what is happening between here and that front door. It's not about what happens in this building. It's what this building is about. This building is filled with the Spirit of God, and it is perfect until we walk in. Because man is the only thing that God ever did that was imperfect. And we mess that up. You have free will. You can get up on Sunday morning and choose to go do other things. We had this discussion in my house this morning. My wife said, won't you go ahead and go to church this morning, and I'm going to take the girl, we're going to do this, we're going to get that done, that done, and we'll go to church tonight. I had to remind her that that's not what our family does. Because she's the one who made me think that way. My family does not put things off, does not put church off to handle business that we feel like is more important than going to church. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to get done today because we don't have hardly any days off. But we're going to be a team. I'm going to go home and make sure that my chair doesn't move. And she's going to go grocery shopping, do the laundry. <laughs> I know, and she's going to drag me out of the house, kicking and screaming to that sin of den or the den of sin at Walmart. I hate that place more than anything in this world. I don't like to say I hate anything, but I do not like going down there. I feel judged when I go to Walmart. Because I go in there expecting to spend $50, and then I see the total up there, and my wife's like, you want to call for the loan now or wait till later? So what separates us from the ones who think that what I described earlier is the way to be? Faith doesn't guarantee you anything, brother. Faith guarantees you that when you come to it, that you'll have the strength to get through it. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to be trouble-free. There's nothing in this world. See, see, this is what I wish that I could get people to understand. The only thing that is holding hell off of you is God's hand. So why would you want to live a life that takes you out from under God's hand every once in a while. But it's equal time, right? I've, I've even been told if I went to the bar on Saturday night and got drunk, as long as I went to church for that morning service, that I was good because equal time. God expects equal time. Uh, that, see, that is a well-balanced life. Can I tell you that you can't be a Christian today? Everybody says that is a well-balanced individual. I don't want to be well-balanced. Because a well-balanced individual means you have an equal measure of everything. My God tells me I can't have any of the world in me because when I died with Christ and was reborn under the blood of Christ, that it washed all of that off of me. So, no, you can't go to back night and get drunk on Wednesday nights. You can't go to the bar on Saturday night and get drunk, come in here on Sunday and expect everything to be all right. We all know what the fence is. I got a T-shirt that says it. The fence belongs to the devil, folks. It means that you have compromised. It means that you're tolerant. God gave his archangels weapons because he knew that evil couldn't be beat with acceptance and tolerance. There's got to be a line drawn somewhere. 
and I don't care. I really do hope that if you're in a homosexual relationship that you come to this church. Am I going to accept you? Yes. Am I going to accept your sin? No. We're going to talk about it. God, and please, if you're on drugs, please show up here. We can fix you. Because God will set down upon you, and 12 steps will seem like nothing. I serve a one-step God. I See, and this is what people don't realize. We serve a God who believes in suddenly. But he's also a God of his word who says, if you don't follow me 100%, you're either light or dark. You can't have one and the other. There is no compromise. You will either live a life for Christ or you will burn in hell. Woo, and yes, I said it. In church, behind the pulpit, I said the word hell. See, people don't like hearing that. And you tell people that and they'll leave a church and go find one where the preacher doesn't want to say bad things to the congregation. I don't want to offend you. So pick up your feet. I got some headphones here. There I go. There, brother. You don't want to be offended. Put them in your ears. I got some radio headphones over here. I'll turn on some worship music. I got another sermon taped on there if you want to put those in your ears. It's worse than this one. Do you understand what I'm saying? God's feelings are what matter in your life. Your feelings are... You think Jesus' feelings weren't hurt when he did what he did for us? But you don't know what I've been through. Did you die on a cross, beat to death, stabbed, crown on your head? Then I don't want to hear it. Because the best thing about it is, is he didn't do it for you. He did it for me, and that's how I look at it. Come gripe to me when you have given your only child to make sure that my life for eternity is spent praising God, and I might be able to tolerate listening to you gripe about you don't have any peanut butter and jelly in your counter. Because if you don't have peanut butter and jelly in your counter, and you didn't come tell me about it so we could get some peanut butter and jelly in your counter, that's on you. Stop worrying about whether or not we know you have enough and start promising yourself that you are in a congregation of people you are in a community of god's people that if you are broke you will be repaired and we're going to get it done so what's the problem no phone calls this week about i don't feel good my hairdresser messed up my hair right my car won't start Car won't start, turn the lights off. God helps those who worship Him. This world got, and here's the thing. You want to get in to save the planet? Get in to save the planet. I've read the book. The planet don't make it. You want to get rid of fossil fuels? Get rid of fossil fuels. It's not going to stop the earthquakes. It's not going to stop the blood. It's not going to stop the comets. It's not going to stop the fire from raining down. It's going to happen. You really want to know what's going on? Read Revelation. Best book in the Bible, in my opinion. But think about this before you read it. It's a love story. 
Oh, it's all doom and gloom. It's all doom and gloom. It is God wiping everything that is not love off the planet. Yes, I have some food stored up in my house. Yes, I have the three B's in my house. I really would like to tell my wife, my wife said, you know, I'm glad we're storing all this stuff up in case something bad happens. And I said, yeah, I really hope that somebody who didn't accept Christ the first time around gets to use all this because I hope I'm gone. I hope I'm gone. I hope I don't have to be here when everybody that compromised their faith to make other people happy have to go through the things. Because, guys, every knee is going to bow. Every knee, whether you do it voluntarily or where God has to hit you in the back of the head with something. I don't want to be on this planet when God decides that's enough. I don't want to be here when God says, everybody who doesn't have my mark, have y'all read the part about the locusts? And they got like lion heads and human hair, and you know, I don't get stuff. They one sting tortures you for like five months. I don't know. I don't want to see a locust that has a scorpion's tail. You guys got to read that stuff, man. Everybody reads Revelations out of fear. Read Revelation out of knowledge. You want to know what's going to happen in this country? Read about Israel in the Bible. Diana smiles at me. I like it when she smiles at me whenever I said, you want to know what's going to happen to this planet? Study Israel. Watch Israel. You want to watch the news? Watch what Israel's doing. It all starts there, folks. The Jews were chosen as God's people. Like it or not, kind of like my wife when she said, you're my husband, like it or not. I said, okay. Okay. America came over here on a boat, chopped holes in the woods, built little houses, built churches, dedicated them to God, and said, one nation under God. In God we trust. What does God say about that when you turn from it? It's better to have a millstone tied around your neck than to know me and then denied me than to have never known me. We've got to get on the right page, folks. We have to stop fighting amongst ourselves and start being, you want, you want unity? Then let's unite under one God. You want unity? You want peace? Go to church. I shouldn't really say that, man, because that's where some of the biggest griping and arguing and complaining. You want unity and peace? Fix your church. Read that. That's what I, 2021, that's what I want to see. We did it here. We rededicated our church in 2021 to a house of worship and praise. Not of, well, she's wearing the dress that I wore last week. And he said my wife kicked him in the shin when he walked. Like, and I don't, God don't care about all that. He's planning a wedding day. Stop digging empty wells on earth. And start... And, we ain't even started looking for a dress yet. We're supposed to be a bride. We ain't even picked out a cake. Right now, we got mine and my wife's wedding. Perfect wedding, though. In the driveway in our pajamas. She wouldn't sleep under the same roof with me unless we were married. Praise God. That's how my marriage started. That's where my marriage stays. That's how the marriage of the church should be to God. God first, 
everything else second. God first, the building second. God first, the electricity second. Turn the electricity off. We got candles. I got a house. There's a street out there. There's a parking lot out there. It's not about where you have church. It's about what's in your church that matters. Because Jesus had a great big building with a big cross on top. No. Yeah, there was one like that. Jesus went in and tore it up. I'm going to ask you, seriously, seriously, what do you, and I'm not going to say a name, but there's a big one in the Metroplex. What do you think Jesus would do if he walked in that church? You think he would go up and order a Starbucks coffee and go buy a T-shirt in the gift shop? And I think he'd probably walk over and sit down in a corner and tear his hymn and start braiding. There might be somewhere in that book right there about him walking into a church who turned it into a money-making ordeal before it became a house of God. This will, trust me, this will always be a house of God first. <laughs> Do I want to drive a new Cadillac? No, I don't really like Cadillac. I want to drive an old Cadillac. Got a nice one. God gave it to me. I told my wife on Saturday, I think I want to start looking at Harley. Sunday, Dave Lavalli walked up and said, man, you want my Harley? That's all you got to do here. Take it over. My wife said, what are you doing? I said, I just got a Harley. I told you yesterday I want. <laughs> Happened in the church house. I was blessed. Guys. Stop worrying about what your flesh is doing. Start worrying about what your neighbor. Stop worrying about what your neighbor's flesh is doing, and start worrying about whether or not your spirit is prepared for what it's about to be called to do. Because God's people are about man. This generation is going to have such a revelation that it shakes a nation. I truly believe that there is a generation of people coming up that are going to know who they are because they know who their God is. There's no compromise. There's no, well, maybe I can go over here and get to heaven. Maybe I can go over there and get to heaven. It's this one pathway, and it's narrow, and it's rocky. See, why do you think this, that, that, that the road to heaven is rocky and rough? You ever think that maybe it was so we could help each other along the way? It builds you on your way there. Faith is the biggest muscle you have. If you don't exercise it, you have none. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you touch hearts this morning, Father. Father, that you bring us together as your children, Father. Father, that what happens today is a family reunion of your people, Father. That we realize that without you, there is no fixed planet, Father. That without you, there is no oneness. That without you, there is no peace. Father, we know what our flesh is. We know what our flesh does. You've told us and showed us hundreds of times, Father, it's time that our spirit rise up and realize it, Father.
Father, I ask that you awaken hearts. Father, I ask that you give your people a different kind of woke. Wake us up, Father. Father, your word says, wake up, you sleeping few. Rise up and join with Christ in the heavens. Father, I ask that you make us the ones that are awake, that are awake enough to see through the blinders that the world tries to put on us, Father. And, Father, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, thanks for coming out tonight or today. Be back at 7 o'clock. We're going to be in Revelation tonight. See if y'all got the guts. Come on in. The water's fine. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.